Welcome nerds, now bracing for an entertainment incursion. Rolling Rockabilly Track Gearing you up with the latest in horror, video games, movies, and TV. Now processing probability to win the Royal Rumble. Nerds, this will be your finest hour. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. On this week's podcast, we're reviewing the second episode of The Last of Us and talking all the latest nerd news. And of course, we'll also be discussing this past week in wrestling. And if today's episode isn't enough for you, don't forget you can get even more amazing Nerd Show content on Patreon by subscribing to our $5 tier. Doing so, you'll gain access to our Best and Worst of the Week show. Though if you'd like even more than that, additional bonus podcasts will be available for our $10 tier that includes all of the other tiers' benefits as well. Find the link to our Patreon in the show notes or type in patreon.com slash amazingnerdshow to help support the podcast. All right, before we move on, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review, and if you DM us a screenshot, we will not only read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing Nerd Show swag. Also, don't forget to follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters. We're mere podcasters with opinions. Warning, potential spoilers for upcoming shows and movies ahead. Check timestamps to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. All right, up first, we've got some MCU casting news. As Disney lays out their slate for films and shows for the upcoming year, Deadline reported on a new star being added to the Captain America New World Order film, with Zosha Rockmore apparently being put in a key role for the film. Zosha has starred in films like Precious and more recently Space Jam and New Legacy, along with reoccurring roles in TV series like The Mindy Project and many other series. No word has been you know, provided by Disney or Marvel on who she might be playing, but that's not the only casting news from Marvel this week. As the Thunderbolts brings in Ao Ediveri, who's been seen most recently in The Bear that premiered last year. But again, things are just still under wraps as we move closer to these films' productions that are rumored to start this summer. Captain America: New World Order is set to release May 3rd, 2024, and Thunderbolts is set to release the same year on July 26th. Yeah, and with such a vague report, it's really hard to even begin to speculate who they could be possibly playing uh, uh-huh. at this point. And I'm not familiar with either one of their works. So uh, with that being said, I didn't realize both films like release dates were so close together. Um, I think that just adds more credence to what we're speculating before um, that, you know, Captain America's, you know, part four or whatever they're calling it. Oh, New World Order. Uh, (laughs) Like that might end up like really serving as like a lead in to the Thunderbolts film where we'll see like the story kind of start in like the Captain America film and then, you know, end in Thunderbolts since we know like phase five ends with the Thunderbolts film, correct? Yes. So, I, I mean, I could totally picture like Thunderbolt Ross is going to have some type of involvement in the Captain America film and Thunderbolt. So, I mean, there's there's plenty of tie-ins there to happen. Yeah, and then, of course, you've got, you know, Sam's ties with Bucky, who we know mm-hmm. is starring in the Thunderbolts film. And then you've got Walker, you know, the U.S. agent. Um, I could see, like, Valentina, like, maybe setting up her team um, to go against Sam. Um, since Sam is pretty, like, he's, he's pretty much unsanctioned by the government at this point, and we know that Valentina is working for the government. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that will probably bring them at odds. Uh, and then, you know, 
the Red Guardian, David Harbour, he'll he'll finally get his wish and get to face off against Captain America, right? Won't be the one that he wants to face off with. <laughs> it still works. I'm sure he'll still be excited and fanboy out. It would be funny if he got a win over him and that's how he's just like, I beat Captain America for the rest of his life. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> you know, I could also see it like playing out like something happens in New World Order that causes Bucky to get arrested. And, you know, that's how he ends up joining the Thunderbolts, too. Um, you know, that, that that feels like it would just make sense. Like he hasn't been confirmed for uh, the next Captain America movie yet, though. That is true. He hasn't been ca- like seen in any type of casting for it. No, no, But you have no. to imagine he's going to play some part or at least an appearance. That's what I think, right? It, it would just mm-hmm. be weird if he just, you know, he, he doesn't show up at all. But, I mean, either way, I'm excited for both of these films, so. Well, up next, we have an update for the upcoming Star Wars Skeleton Crew series. Looks like even through their turbulent starts, the new Star Wars series Skeleton Crew has wrapped on its filming via an Instagram post by the series stunt coordinator George Cottle. What's being called the Goonies version of Star Wars is to be led by Jude Law in around the same time period as The Mandalorian. So expect a whole episode dedicated to Din Djarin. So this is the series with the kids, right? Yeah. All right, and so they just wrapped. Are, is this supposed to come out this year? Um, it's saying late 2023 or early 2024. Okay, that makes sense if they just mm-hmm. wrapped, right? And we we have no idea. Like, we have no details whatsoever, like, what this is actually about. <laughs> it's yeah, just, just Jude Law and a bunch of kids. Yeah, just a, just a fun romp, you know, adventure with children, you know? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Mandalorian's definitely showing up. Like, first episode, you know, to hook everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. the fact that um, Favreau said, like, hey, there could be some crossovers, uh-huh. you know, with other characters that we've established already. So I'm expecting, you know, Din Djarin, I'm expecting Ahsoka. You know, it's it's going to be a whole litany of people. Hey, man, I'm, I'm all in. That He sold me. <laughs> <laughs> more Mando, more Ahsoka is not a bad thing in my book. So, and if it gets me watching the show, I mean, good for him. Uh, you know, hook, line, and sinker, right? Watch the crossover that he's talking about is like with like Palimato or something. Or the biker gang from Book oh, of no. Boba Fett. <laughs> not the mods. <laughs> Thundercat's going to return, huh? Those fucking modders. <laughs> All right, well, moving on, we've got some major Rick and Morty news. After Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Rowland's felony domestic violence charges surfaced online earlier this month, amongst other allegations against the voice actor and producer, Rowland has been officially dropped from Rick and Morty, along with his other productions like Solar Opposites on Hulu and even Squanch Games. Games, the video game developer for games like High on Life that Royland did voice work for along with help produce. However, on the Rick and Morty sides of this, it doesn't seem like this will be the end of the series as Dan Harmon is now in full control and in a statement by him and Adult Swim, Rick and Morty will continue with their 70 plus episode deal. While Royland is out, they have already began interviewing potential replacements as well. Plus with this type of series, the joke about you know them replacing the actor kind of writes itself. I can easily see them just starting with a new person and even new versions of Rick and Morty. We will see, of course, though. So, Christian, as our resident Rick and Morty fan, 
how are you feeling about this news right now? You know, um, I, I'm disappointed about the news. Uh, I, I don't want to be that that doom and gloom guy all the time on the show, but you know, I've, I've gotten to a point where I feel like most there's there's a new story about almost every person I've looked up to <laughs> that comes out at this point. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I, I'm glad that people are being held accountable. I mean, look what's going on in the wrestling world right now, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, Vinnie Mac, um, or even like UFC with like Dana White. Um, so it, it is what it is. Um, you know, but as a fan of the show, I could definitely, you know, see being disappointed. Um, but I mean, at least it's good news that the show is going to be able to continue on without him. Um, I'm not, you know, one of these people that are going out here and saying the show is automatically dead because Royland's out, which is a lot of people's opinion right now is that, hey, what's even the point of continuing? And I was a little surprised, you know, I, I how often do you hear, you know, someone who was like 50%, you know, co-creator of a show, you know, being removed and the show continuing? I was surprised to hear that news, but. So he was forced out or did he choose to walk away at this point, not wanting to bring like controversy to the show? From what I'm getting, it was amicable. Like it wasn't okay. exactly a force out, but at the same time, you know, there's people reporting that it was a firing, that he was removed. So it's it's kind of up in the air. It's not very clear. Okay. And there's not just the one story, right? There's multiple stories surfacing at this point. Yeah. 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 Well, it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, lastly, we've got some casting news for Robert Eggers' upcoming Nosferatu film. In a report from Deadline, it's rumored that Willem Dafoe is in talks to star in Robert Eggers' Nosferatu film. Dafoe, of course, has worked with Eggers on multiple projects now, from The Lighthouse to The Northman, and would easily fit in with an already slated cast of Lily Rose Depp, Nicholas Holt, and Bill Skarsgård. The deal may not be signed in blood just yet, but I feel like most would be pleased to see him in it. Even with Skarsgård, Skarsgård already set to play the infamous vampire, though I totally wouldn't have a problem with Defoe taking over that role. Yeah, I could see that. That would actually be the second time that he would play the character since he, well, he kind of played the character in uh, Shadow of the Vampire. He played Max Shrek, who, you know, you know, he's pretty much Nosferatu in that movie. So, um, you know, he was actually nominated for an Oscar also, uh, you know, but I, I feel like Skarsgård's going to be an awesome Nosferatu. So, I, you know, the more I hear about this film, the more excited I get for it. And now for the nerds review of episode two of The Last of Us. Spoilers ahead, you have been warned. You ever kill one? Yeah, I killed lots of them. Was it hard? Like knowing they were people once? Sometimes. What about that guy last night? So I thought overall, this was another really strong episode uh, that once again did an excellent job of world building and expanding kind of like on the mechanics of how these like fungus creatures, or I believe they call them like clickers, um, work in a really like story-driven organic way. Um, like these creatures are so unique and different compared to your like average run of the mill like zombies. And I think that really helps make the show feel like fresh and new. I love that seemingly there's different stages that these creatures go through. Um, and just the concept of them like 
functioning as almost like a network, I, I think that really like raises the stakes like tenfold. And man, that opening scene where we get like a peek of the beginning of the outbreak and like how it was handled was just absolutely like chilly. Uh, just the sense of finality and hopelessness just adds so much like rich context to what these characters have like gone through over the last like 20 years. Um, I hope they choose to keep like doing these intros at least for a while. Um, because I, I really feel like it adds so much to the show so far. As for the story overall this week, I thought this was really Ellie's episode to shine. Um, I liked watching her react to like the ruins of the city. It really brought into perspective that she was born into this like post-apocalyptic world. So she kind of like serves as our eyes, like seeing like all the destruction that's like taking place. But also at the same time, even though like, you know, she's been brought up in this very different world, she's still very much a snarky teenager. Mm. Um, you know, maybe with, you know, just a little more edge to her, but like she's definitely a teenager. I also really enjoyed like getting just like a slight glimpse of her and Joel's like dynamic together. And then you have Tessa's sacrifice at the end of the episode, uh, which was really powerful. Like, you know, after the first episode and just seeing the effect of this like dystopian world, um, you know, on everyone, you know, especially like Joel and Tess. I mean, like, you know, in that first episode, she comes off as a truly like kind of like, you know, selfish character. But at the end here, like, you could see that she still like wants to believe there's hope. I'm just curious to see if her sacrifice ends up inspiring Joel. I think what I got the most out of this episode was kind of um, seeing Ellie immediately attach to Tess. You know, they they really seem to grow a bond even after, you know, Tess being very direct and clear, like we're bad people. But it really seemed like, I mean, Clearly, the fact that Joel was going to just shoot her does bother <laughs> Ellie, but you could see that there was a bond growing and you could see how much it hurt Ellie by the end. Yes. When you get to that sacrifice. It was a really great moment there. Um, it's still it's still fun every time I see them just do a picture perfect moment from the game. Uh, like when they walk into the museum and it's just the exact same run that I know I walked through in the game. I, I don't know. Usually when I see something doing this much shot for shot, it starts to bother me, but there's enough differential with how they're playing with it that it's not getting on my nerves. I don't feel like, oh, they're just doing a blank, you know, copy of everything. No, they're, they're still playing around with it enough that it's, you know, fresh and able to keep my interest as a fan of the game. Um, and I think that's important. You know, I was wondering how they were going to handle some of these stealth things. Like I said last week where, you know, you meet up with the clickers and it's like in the game. Yeah, you could just kind of, if you're, if you're good enough, you could just get past all of this and you won't get, have to deal with the fights too much. And of course they did, you know, have moments where they show you how threatening these clickers are, but you know, you could still eventually just walk up and stab them in the neck and move on. You know, this made them even more threatening. I felt like in live action um, and just I, I felt like they handled that whole sequence in the top of the museum very beautifully. And as you said, those openings are like really great. Now, I, I feel like at some point 
there's there's probably gonna be like a big like story beat that they're gonna want you to focus on so there might be a couple episodes where they won't do those little cold openings but man that delivery of just bomb the city yeah I, that was awesome yeah <laughs> no i agree and the fact that like this is the city that she lives in with her family. Yeah. Like this is, you know, this isn't her just, you know, looking from some kind of like military headquarters, uh, you know, at a different like, you know, town or city like that she's making the decision on. Like this is like her home that she's choosing to bomb um, mm-hmm. because she knows, you know, the the stakes are too great you know not to make that kind of sacrifice absolutely a great way of setting up just how dangerous this virus was altogether yeah and like getting into the show um and going into it like pretty much blind like i wasn't prepared for like how much of a threat you know these clickers you know really are are they all called clickers or it's just you know this version of like you know the fungus zombies to me, I only called the ones where their face is fully like split open and looking like a walking mushroom clickers. Okay, but gotcha, gotcha. Um, but like the fact that like you have to watch where you step, you know, or you can uh-huh. like awaken the entire like hive of these things. Like, <laughs> I can't like. Is that how it is in the game? Honestly, I don't remember it having like a hive mind to wake up all the other zombies. Like that reminded me more of like uh, Stranger Things season four with the tentacles that it did. Uh, oh uh, yeah, you're Last right. Of us. <laughs> and speaking of tentacles or like spores or sprouts, I don't, whatever the fuck's coming out of their mouths, man. That's some gross ass shit. Like I no, that's like, that's that, the actual fungus. That's that, like <laughs> yeah, that like kiss at the end, you know, between. Tess and, uh-huh. you know, the creature, like, oh, my God, what yeah, a way to go fucked. out. <laughs> I also thought the ending was a good look at, like, who Joel is as a person at this point. The fact that, like, he didn't really show any real emotion, like, when she, like, tells him to go and says goodbye, like, he hesitates for, like, maybe a second. And you could kind of, like, you know, slightly see it in his eyes because, <laughs> you know, Pedro's, you know, Pascal's such a great actor, but mm-hmm. then he's like, no, I'm out. Like, <laughs> but it, it shows you like, like what he's had to go through to survive. And like, because at this point, like he's probably had to make like plenty of like split second life changing, like decisions. Um, because otherwise, like he wouldn't still be alive, you know, in this world. I mean, as we know of Pedro, he's really great with those subtle emotions and tells so i mean you could tell he was still upset about it but he's gonna do what he has to to survive whereas troy baker's performance in the actual game it's definitely a little bit more you know emotional he's heartbroken she's got to push him away she says you know get the fuck out of here in that whole sequence and that's you didn't get that in the show but there was still a little bit of that element there at least that's interesting because this episode was actually directed by I believe the director of the video game, if that's a thing, yeah, or the creator, Druckmann, of the, yeah. the creator of the video game, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering exactly what his input was, you know, during that scene. Like if he thought like this was like actually the better choice. I know in the past, like listening to like Robert Kirkman talk about uh, the Walking Dead series, um, you know, he would bring up you know with the show like oh no i wish i would have done that in the comic actually that you know works a lot better for this character obviously you never heard him 
like, you know, during those interviews ever point out a moment in the series that didn't necessarily quite live up to the comics, but, you know, whatever. But speaking of uh, Pedro Pascal, there was another moment on the rooftop that was really subtle, but like incredibly telling. He's looking at Ellie. I believe it's when she's crossing the plank. Um, and he like all of a sudden like looks at his watch. Did you catch that mm, moment? No, I didn't notice that. I mean, to me, and I could be totally reading into this, like it felt like Ellie was like maybe reminding him, you know, of his daughter somehow um in that moment or maybe he just wanted to know what time it was i don't know <laughs> well i mean he should know that his watch yeah broken. it's broken it's <laughs> after 20 years oh yeah wait this this doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> it's right two times a day i guess whatever yeah but i don't know i thought this was another great episode uh i'm just excited to have like a horror themed show to look forward to weekly now and now a quick word from our sponsor manscaped Hey you, got bush? Well, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're gonna be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you'll have the best kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac, so save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code 20NerdShow for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Listeners, you know I don't got bush because Manscaped helps keep my rocket raccoon high and tight. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need of a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. Listeners, the grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. That's because inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to its ceramic blades and advanced skin safe technology. No need for night vision goggles, this trimmer has a LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. It's basic landscaping. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. The second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep to your step with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Spray-On Testy Toner. With a performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, a shed travel bag and the patterned high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. So listeners get 20% off plus free shipping with our code 20NerdShow at Manscaped.com. Kate Bush may be trending at the moment, but your bush needs some help. That's right, so make sure you're running up that hill and get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com by using our code 20NerdShow. It's time to level up your grooming game with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. And now it's time for Christian's Corner. This past week in gaming, Xbox showed up with their Developer Direct presentation that focused on five games coming to Xbox and Game Pass. Like the title suggests, the 45-minute presentation was very direct to the point with what it had, no random surprises or overly long interviews with the game developers. What was shown off was Forza, uh, Minecraft Legends, Elder Scroll Online's next expansion, Redfall, and the first look at Hi-Fi Rush. 
while Forza Motorsport you know, touted high-end graphical appearance and a whole new approach to sound in their game, not much was there for me to really get excited for. It's Forza, and I know, you know exactly what to expect from this franchise. I do enjoy the games, but they're not going to sell me any more than they already have on you know, another Forza game. And as far as Elder Scrolls Online goes, it was kind of in the same camp, but a little bit lower because I just don't care for this game. You know, after making me watch over 20 presentations for 20 plus expansions and DLCs, there's not going to be a trailer that makes me excited for their MMO. Honestly, all I want is just news on Elder Scrolls 6, which I know we're not going to get for quite a while, especially with Starfield on the way. But what did interest me from this event were our remaining three games, starting off with Minecraft Legends that this time around showed off its PvP elements. The game will have you, you know, building forts and going to war with other players and mobs in this new standalone title. The concept looks really fun and easy to pick up with enough customizable approaches to how you build and defend your bases. One developer showed off, you know, how they created a labyrinth full of traps essentially to prevent players from breaking into their base. It all seems like a really cool idea, but there's still a part of me that wonders if there's truly enough here to warrant, you know, warrant it being an entirely separate game instead of, you know, being a featured mode that comes with Minecraft. I ended my live reactions pretty much saying that I feel like this could easily be a modded mode added to Minecraft and I wouldn't be surprised if someone is already working on that. But, you know, perhaps there are features and stuff that I haven't seen just yet. Minecraft Legends is set for April 18th, 2023. Next game I want to talk about comes from the horror game studio Tango Gameworks, who's best known for their works on games like, you know, The Evil Within and most recently Ghostwire Tokyo. Well, after it was leaked that they would be presenting a new title here at the Developer Direct, no one was you know, prepared to see a rhythm action game with a glorious blend of 2D and 3D animation. Hi-Fi Rush, which is available right now to buy or play on Game Pass, looks like a more tuned up version of Metal Hellsinger in its gameplay, as you the player will be using the beat of the world to perform moves and combos. Albeit a little less you know, punishing for falling off beat than some of the games that we've seen so far, but overall it looked like an upgrade to rhythm action game mechanics. It's one that I'm excited to try out on stream this week because you know i love me a good rhythm game and then lastly xbox showed off more for redfall which is arcane studios next big game setting you up on an island to hunt down vampires arcane studios is known for its more stylistic look and addictive gameplay but this presentation didn't feel as unique to me as their you know death loop and dishonored franchise the bit of gameplay shown off didn't really live up to the way that they've been describing their abilities and really just felt like it was missing that arcane charm. While I'm still interested in the game, it may be one I just have to get my hands on to know if I'm really going to enjoy it or not. Because right now I thought for sure I'd be sold on a monster hunting game by this dev team. Some people who have watched it as well have compared it to games like Left 4 Dead, which in the gameplay shown off, that's really how the mission felt. You know, we gotta warn people away from our island, so we need to take a light bulb to the lighthouse and install it while fighting off mobs of vampires along the way. I really was getting a you know heavy Left 4 Dead vibe from it all, 
which Left 4 Dead is a fun experience, so I don't see that as an insult. I just guess I was expecting maybe something a little bit more original here. This game is still slated for a 2023 release, though there have been some rumors with not too much base behind them that you know the game may need a larger delay before launch. And one more story before we move on. Um, we learned from Naughty Dog that they are, you know, interested in moving away from franchises like Uncharted and may even not make a Last of Us Part 3, even in the wake of this, you know, so far successful HBO series. In a similar fashion to how Last of Us Part 2 came to be, I remember the interviews right before where Druckmann made identical statements as he has this past week, stating, you know, that PlayStation is not pressuring them to move forward with a Part 3 and that the game would be you know only made if they had the right story and a passionate team behind it but as for now it seems like Druckmann and company aren't in any rush to make the third installment personally I'd enjoy seeing the story continue but I do appreciate that they aren't forcing a game out to keep up with all the popularity no cash grabs coming from Naughty Dog not that they really need to, as sales for the first game have gone up 300% since the Yo show came out. I'm just saying, they're not necessarily strapped for cash over there at Sony. But either way, perhaps with the continued work on The Last of Us show, they may be inspired to make a part three. But I'm sure whatever is next for Naughty Dog will have you know that stamp of quality craftsmanship we've come to expect from them. You know, maybe in a future date, we will stream, you know, through The Last of Us on here. I played the first one, but I only ever watched the second one. I never actually got to my chance to play through it. But for now, we're playing um, Horizon Forbidden West on stream, and we are starting up Dead Space, you know, the new remaster or remake, whatever they're fucking calling it. And as mentioned before, we're going to try out that hi-fi rush. We just finished up Hellblade, so I'm excited to, you know, start even more journeys with you all. So make sure to stop by our Twitch every single weekend. But all right, now let's move on to wrestling. You think you were as close as you've ever been to the moment, that validation and like that vindication for it to get broken. Um, it was a legit knife to the heart. At the Royal Rumble, a torn pec couldn't stop me. Both torn pecs, torn quad, torn bicep. As long as my heart is pumping, I honestly couldn't think of anything that would stop me. Being in the ring is like oxygen. And I really need to breathe again. So uh, at this point, you could probably tell that I have a cold. So uh, I, I think we're going to keep wrestling a little short this week, Christian. Uh, okay. Fair <laughs> but enough. But with that being said, uh, you know, the Royal Rumbles this weekend. Uh, so I thought, you know, it wouldn't be right if a rumble went by and we didn't at least try to make predictions on who was going to, you know, punch their ticket to uh, the main event of WrestleMania this year. Now, Christian, do you feel like you've been watching enough WWE to make an educated, uh, you know, guess, <laughs> if uh, you will? Abs absolutely not. Especially for the women's division. I have no idea where where that might be going. Uh <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to the women's division, you're not alone. Like, they really haven't done any kind of groundwork to give any indication, like, who the favorites are this year when it comes to the Rumble. Like, I feel like we haven't even been getting, like, those Rumble-like promos uh, much. Like, I feel like every year, like, when someone declares for the Rumble, you know, they cut the, you know, obligatory, like— <laughs> you know, rumble like promo saying they're going to win blah, blah, uh -huh. blah. But like, they're just, you know, besides Rhea Ripley, like there isn't any like clear favorites. 
Um, and I feel like she has even cut like a Rumble pro- promo on the show itself. Um, so it's a little weird. Um, you know, right now we've got uh, Bianca Belair as your Raw champion and you've got Charlotte Flair as your SmackDown champion. Uh, but they're both like involved in like nothing happening feuds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's really like no clear favorites in my book besides uh, Rhea. And with Rhea, it's more of a case of her being just the most like over women's wrestler they've got going right now. She did like have a brief stare down like a month ago with, I believe, was it Becky or Bianca? Um, But that's pretty much it. Like, but I know. I mean, I, your guess is as good as mine. Um, you know, but I, I'm I'm going, you know, with Rhea, obviously. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. Uh, it, it sounds like they're not going to do a lot of surprises this year, and they're going to rely more on the women that they have on the roster. Um, you know, with obviously probably a handful of like NXT call ups. Uh-huh. But that that's pretty much it, which I'm fine with. Like the last couple women's rumbles, like it, they've relied so heavy on like, you know, bringing people back for, you know, for the match that I don't know. It's just kind of like taking something away, you know, from the match itself. I mean, Rhea is the perfect foil for Bianca I, I, at WrestleMania. I think that would be a great performance for both of them. So I'd love to see that match. But yeah, I have no inkling of like. Every time I see Rhea nowadays, it's she's with Dominic and they're doing some, you know, attacking somebody, you know, so I I honestly could see Rhea in the men's rumble match. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, maybe she wins the women's and then she like shows up in the men's, too. I mean, that'd be pretty fucking bad. But yeah, no, I, I love everything they're doing with Rhea and Dom right now. I think this is the best like we've gotten out of Dominic Mysterio you know, for the, like, short time that he's been with the company. Um, But, yeah, like, when it comes to, like, the Rumble, the Women's Rumble, like, it's just, it feels like they, you know, treat it like an afterthought almost, unfortunately. So, like, unless they have, like, some big surprise up their sleeve that, like, no one sees coming, I've got to go with Rhea. Um, On the men's side, I've heard that they are expecting some big surprises, but I don't know... There's a lot of like speculation right now. At first it was The Rock, but then um, recently, like the over the last couple weeks, um, people have kind of like shot down that rumor. Mm. Um, You know, it sounds like The Rock doesn't believe he can be ready in time for Mania, like get into like ring shape. Um, You know, and then a lot of people are, you know, also speculating that, you know, since he kind of took one on the chin with like Black Adam um, in the press. Like, he doesn't want to be out here, like, losing to Roman Reigns uh, during WrestleMania, which I find kind of hard to believe. That's but weird you know, at this point in his career. <laughs> yeah, like, everyone understands that, you know, it's not real, that this is all just storytelling, uh-huh. <laughs> that he's not really losing a match. Um, but whatever. Um, he he does have all those weird clauses about not losing a fight <laughs> in movies. So. Is that real though? Is <laughs> <Yes>. that confirmed? <laughs> That's um, so real. <laughs> but at the same time, like you know, like I could understand him being worried about actually getting into like ring shape. Obviously, uh-huh. you know, he's a busy guy, and ring shape is a lot different than like you know being in gym shape, if you will. So, um, 
you know, I, I could see that. I mean, the last time he wrestled the match was like a decade ago, you know, and he fucking like tore a muscle off the bone. So I'm sure he's Oof. a little like hesitant because it delayed a project that he was working on mm-hmm. at the time. So um, I, I, I could understand why he would be concerned about just like, you know, jumping into the ring again cold. Uh, there was also a rumor going around that WWE reached out to Stone Cold and made a big offer. Um, hmm. You know, I think Fightful was reporting that the offer was to wrestle um, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, which you would have to assume <laughs> then Austin would have to win the Rumble to get there. Uh-huh. Um, but then uh, I think uh, Wrestling Observer was saying that the offer was actually for Brock Lesnar, which is just fucking terrifying. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, by all accounts, Brock is actually pretty safe in the ring, but just something about the visual of Austin taking multiple German suplexes over and over again, just... I don't know. Oh, so I, would, I misunderstood. I thought you meant it would be Brock versus Roman. No, you're no. talking about Brock versus Austin. Yes. Oh, hell no. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was supposed to be a substantial, like, money offer. Oh, God. Um, you know, and it looks <laughs> so far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like I said, by all accounts, Brock is pretty safe. But if I was Austin, I would not want to risk that whatsoever. No. So, um, you know, I mean, he was out there taking suplexes on the you know concrete last year from Kevin Owens. But I think there's a big difference between taking a snap suplex and a German from Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he said no. Um, but who knows? Maybe the. You know, we hear the glass break, um, you know, during the Rumble this year. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think the odds on favorites, Cody. Um, I'm just a little disappointed that they announced him, you know, prior to the match. I don't know. Something about that just kind of feels like it steals the thunder of the moment, if you will. Um, but it is what it is. Because, I mean, I just... I just I don't know if it was a case of them feeling like they needed to remind fans of, like, you know, Cody's, you know, run so far. Um, But you could have done that with, like, just a a training package and you didn't have to have him, like, announce himself, you know, Mm -hmm. for the Rumble. Um, But, you know, it's WWE. So, like, because, I mean, the tickets were already sold. Like, people are going to watch the Rumble regardless. Um, and I think everyone just kind of assumed Cody was going to be in the Rumble. Um, but I just feel like it, it could have been a bigger moment if it was a surprise. And I also feel like they're playing with fire here. Um, where if fans feel like Cody's being handed something, they could turn on him. Because, like, he's the only one getting these long, elaborate, like, video packages, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talking about the Rumble and everything like that. Like, you know, some of the men have, like, cut promos about it, and there's there's been matches to qualify for it. But, like, Cody's getting, like, you know, kind of special treatment. And with the way, like, fans have gotten behind Sami Zayn of late... I'm just worried that they're going to reject Cody if Sammy's in that match or if they expect Sammy to be in that match and that he doesn't show up. Like you'll have a whole like Daniel Bryan situation Bryan all over again. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
So they're going to have to get creative, um, you know, on how they actually book it. Um, because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, putting yourself in the corner where you really have to figure out how to manage those expectations where you don't disappoint the fans. Um, because, I mean, there's no denying, like, how over Sammy is right now and how, like, invested fans are in, like, the Bloodline storyline. Um, it's by far the highest rated thing they've got going right now on any of the shows. Um, and it feels like the natural conclusion would be, you know, Sammy versus Roman. Um, you know, I, you know, it before, you know, we were all kind of like speculating that like, you know, oh, well, you could have him and Kevin team up against the Usos. But at this point, like it, the storyline's so over that almost feels like they'll be going against the grain. Um, and like this past week, we had this moment where Jay came out and defended Sammy, mm -hmm. um, you know, while Sammy was quote unquote on trial. <laughs> it was a pretty like big moment uh, for those characters and the storyline because like Jay has been like Sammy's like biggest critic. Um, you know, recently during the uh, War Games match, once Sammy like kind of proved his loyalty, Jay has kind of accepted him now. But the fact that like it was Jay who was like defending him and like had this whole case laid out <laughs> in his defense, um, I don't know. And then like seeing him, you know, ending up like tagging with Jay and them winning the match together, <laughs> like you know, some people were you know saying that like, oh, Sammy might turn on the bloodline but i don't see how they could do that th at this point because i feel like you're going to be basically turning sammy heel because jay you know did the right thing and stood by sammy so like i mean it was a huge like baby face moment for jay so unless they figure out something where jay ends up stabbing sammy in the back here um which storyline wise would feel weird i don't know where they're headed but I like that. I like that it's unpredictable. Um, but I don't know. Like, if you asked me a couple months ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, no, Cody has to win this match. Um, you know, it has to be Cody versus Roman. Like, I wanted that even if The Rock was showing up. Yeah. Just because I felt like that was the better storyline. Um, and I felt like if The Rock faced Roman, Roman was just going to win. Like, they're not going to put the belt on Rock right now. Um, where, like, like, Cody you know, he's on a mission, you know, to do it for his father, to get the belt that he never won. So it just, it felt like you've had him walk into the company talking about this. You have to pay it off now. Um, but now with everything with Sammy, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like they need to let Sammy win the goddamn rumble. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't see that happening, but I almost feel like that's the right move because it's like just where this story needs to go. Like, that's the big marquee match that most of your fans actually want to see. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I don't know if I'm just, you know, been burned too many times by obvious, you know, where it seems like the obvious road should be. Because I, I agree. I feel like it should be Cody winning the Royal Rumble at first. Like, months ago, we would have been like, yeah, oh, yeah. there's yeah. no way Cody's not going. But, especially with them bringing him up beforehand, doing all these video packages, 
Now I'm like, it's not Cody. It's it's someone else, and they're just trying to fuck with you. Oh yeah, he's and make front, it too obvious. He's front and center on the posters. Uh-huh. Like it just feels like <laughs> it almost feels like a Lex Luger situation from back in the day, where you know Lex was the odds-on favorite to win the Rumble and to main event WrestleMania. Um, but then they did the uh, the tie, basically, with both of them being eliminated at the same time. You know, both of their feet hitting the ground at the same time. They had, like, multiple camera angles and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um, that is a solution, if you think about it. Because there is two nights for WrestleMania. What if you do have two winners of the Rumble? What if you have a situation where they both go out at the same time? <laughs> And then, like, you get night one, you know, with Sammy going up against Roman. And then you get, like, night two with Cody facing the winner, basically. They could do something like that. Like, I mean, they've done it before. I mean, it's been decades. Um, They almost did it with Batista and Cena, right? Where they both, like, oh, that was accidental, though. They both accidentally went out at the same time. (laughs) And then Vince came out and tore both of his uh, quadriceps, like, clean off the bone and then had to sit there <laughs> and bark orders about restarting the match. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, stranger things have happened. So I'm not saying that's my prediction, by the way, um, I, I'm going to say Cody wins, um, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Sammy win. Uh, yeah. Out of everyone that's been presented so far, I would have to say Cody, um, but I don't know. I feel like they're going to swerve us in some way. I feel like they won't, give you a happy ending with either Sammy or Cody. What do you think it's going to be Lesnar? I don't fucking know, man. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he showed up. It seems like he's going to be in a feud with Bobby Lashley. With, uh, Bobby Lashley yeah, yeah. He showed up at the end of raw. Um, mm. So that's, that looks to be where they're headed at least. So, um, you know, I mean, maybe they go with Bray. Does Bray enter himself into the rumble? It's possible. Dude, um, is the chamber still before? Um, yes. Or, or do they have a pay-per-view fast lane or some shit like yes. that? Yes, and there is a image floating around for the um the promo chairs uh that they're going to do for that pay-per-view. And the picture on the chair is Sammy locked in the chamber. Now, there's no confirmation if that's like an authentic like actual picture or if that's doctored somehow. Um, and plants change all the time so you can't really go by you know the posters and shit like that um but yeah i mean who knows who knows like i hope they go back to the thing where like the person in the elimination chamber would be like the number one contender for the other belts um but obviously that they can't really do that right yeah. now because roman has both titles but uh, maybe they do some a situation where like that person faces roman like night 1 and the you know rumble winner faces roman night 2 um you know i, I they've kind of strayed away from the elimination chamber like meaning that much lately mm-hmm. um it always seems like it's just for you know whatever titles not you know being defended in the main event of wrestlemania uh, so I don't know. I think the last time the elimination chambers really mattered was with Kofi, right? With Kofi Mania. Yeah, that would be the last right? one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I know that that pay per view's kind of just lost its importance lately. <laughs> cool design, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Christian loves himself the elimination chamber. Um, I've never been a fan though. So, um, but yeah, but that pretty much does it for this week. Like I said up front. 
you know, I'm sick, so we're going to call it early. Um, but, uh, you know, and AEW was a hybrid kind of tribute show, so it mm-hmm. feels kind of weird to, you know, critique it or whatever, whatever the fuck we do every week. Um, any thoughts, though, on Dynamite this week? I mean, not a big critique, but just it was a really enjoyable match between yes. Mark Briscoe and Jay. You know, it, you, the emotions on Jay's face the entire time were, were amazing. No, I agree. I mean, it was a real emotional night, especially with that, like, video package that they had earlier on. My God. Um, you know, um, I'm just happy that they were able to pull off the show, um, you know, and that it sounds like Tony really had to fight to get it done, which is disappointing. Um, I don't know if Warner Brothers just finally caved due to all the backlash, um, especially after hearing that, like, Mark Briscoe was actually not allowed on AEW TV for some reason. Um you know, even after his brother's passing and, you know, like he didn't do anything. So it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's just being associated with his brother, I guess, um, which is just ridiculous, especially if you look at, you know, the piece of shit show that they have airing after Dynamite, um, mm. you know, which is, you know, hosted by a guy who was caught on camera slapping his wife. Um, just, you know, I, I don't I don't get the decision making process there but i'm glad that they did the right thing and they allowed mark to you know come out and honor his brother the right way um you know and really give the fans you know what they wanted um you know and you know just the tribute that you know jay briscoe deserves Well, that does it for this week. As a friendly reminder, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, leave a five-star review. It really helps new listeners to find the podcast and for us to continue to grow. Also, if you like the stories from this week's episode and want to keep up to date with the show, follow us on social media at Amazing Nerd Show or stop by TheAmazingNerdShow.com. And hey, to support the show further and get additional weekly content, you can subscribe to us now on Patreon. Just follow the link in the show notes. Also, if you want to rep some nerd show swag you can head over to tpublic.com to find t-shirts hoodies stickers and more and if you post what you bought and tag us on social media we'll send you some additional nerd show swag as long as you live in the united states all right make sure to join us next week as we talk all the latest news and rumors in nerd culture and whatever's going on in the world of wrestling my name's christian and my name's david and that was the amazing nerd show why him you monster why not the script girl script girl I'll eat her later no you will not